The following program may be explicit. Start recording on my mark. Three, two, one. Check, check, check. One, two, check, one, two. Check, check. Mic is on. Cue the announcer. If you would like to ask a question or leave a comment to the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Or call our voicemail at 626-629-8RPG. That's 626-629-8RPG. If you would like to participate in our forum, it is at happyjacks.org slash forum. That's happyjacks.org slash forum. Follow us on Twitter at happyjacksrpg. All one word. Cue the music. Oh, we had this good idea. Well, it seemed good at the time. Now half our party's dead. And that sure ain't a good sign. So now we're back to character gen. Our error we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's figure out plan B. Oh, we had this good idea. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. So now we're back to character gen our error we now see. So when you know program happens, you Thank you for joining us for Season 17, Episode 8 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Tim. Well, this is a surprise episode. Because uh, we weren't going to record, but... And we got bored. We got bored and had a free day. Yeah. So... It was this or more Pokemon, and they're trying to do an intervention with me, so... We're close, closer. There you go. Yeah. So, I'm taking a, a small break from Pokemon to record this episode. Right. Although, you can drop baits in here and you can probably get... <gasps> I could turn... Yeah, I can put on incense and it'll it, or, bring them... Is it incense? Okay, I don't know. Yeah. You have to be a Pokestop to actually use a lure, and we're not a Pokestop. Although, we should be. We should petition... I don't want to be a pokey stop. No, it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> I would rather not. All I, right. Um, I've, I've had a poke bowl. They're really tasty. It's when you got all the fish and, a, and rice in a bowl and stuff. That's really called a poke bowl? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, like I sit there and I just imagine like Pikachu ground up with rice. I'm just like, oh God, it's yeah. so sad. Yeah. Fried rat. Um, we're, we have a convention coming up September 1st, no, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Um, is that Orcon? Gateway? I think it's Gateway. 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 Uh, at the, uh, LAX Hilton, go to strategicon.net for information. We will be there. Yep. Doing our stuff. Running a game. You guys are both running games? Yep. Yep. I may run two. Or. Dos Gamos. Maybe. I don't know. Have to think about it. We have a little while. Yes. Um, in this episode, Marco writes in about adopting modern settings to classic modules. Stephen SW asks about new character itis. Ethan from North Carolina asks about derailing players. Babbage from the UK writes in about disorganized play. Barney from Florida writes in about Kimmy's JackerCon game. And Zach from South Dakota writes in about gaming with learning disabilities. Our first email from Marco. I will read this. Greetings, happy jackers. I just realized neither of my beers is open. Mine isn't either. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to stop the episode, but it was very important. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... Do we don't... Are we... All I need is something with a corner here. Every... That's an important piece of equipment. Okay. Wow. No, this is just a headphone app. Here, Sorry, excuse us. For just a Sorry, just a moment. That's very impressive. Another, another oh, reason oh, oh, oh. we need Stork here is key ring. 
Careful. Oh no. <laughs> that would have been hilarity right there. So somewhere on the ground. Oh, I'll find it in a second. You didn't break the glass into the bottle, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. If I die, you'll know what happened. Just be Drink careful. through your teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Catch the glass that way. All right. Uh, you do more introduction stuff and read this email. I'm going to go get a glass so I don't drink glass. Unless uh, it pours into the glass as you're, you know. Well, then oh, I'll see no, it, no. though. It's right well, here. I found it. Oh, good. It's right here. It's all one piece? Well, right. this is one piece. <laughs> see if it fits. All right. All right. Greetings, Happy Jackers. First, I would like to thank you for producing such a great show, like here where we spend five minutes opening up bottles, um, <laughs> and for bringing me back to the hobby. About a year ago, I became reacquainted with an old friend and happened to see a link for a show on his Facebook page. I've been listening ever since. By the Yay. way, Chaosium, Fantasy Flight, and Wizards of the Coast all owe you guys a cut of the hard-earned cash that I've thrown their way to rebuild my GM collection. Well, they should get on that. Yep. On to my comment slash question, smiley face. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu Yay. RPG. However, the thing is with this series is that unless your potential players are fans of HP Lovecraft, it did you mess it up? No, no, I'm keep keep reading. Ignore me. Okay. Uh, fans of H.P. Lovecraft, it can be very difficult to bring them in and persuade them to invest in the story. As the time setting in Call of Cthulhu is traditionally 1920s through the 1940s noir, it can be a real challenge for PCs to adopt the mannerisms and attitudes appropriate to the era. What's the matter? Nothing. I just I wanted it facing a different way. Okay. Continue. Right. Ignore. Ignore. Right. I can hear it. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to be very quiet about it. Well. All right. Well. All right. Now it's better. Well Continue. produced show. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> what happens when we don't plan ahead for the show. Right. It can be a real <laughs> challenge for PCs to adapt, adopt the mannerisms and attitudes appropriate to the era and even understand how they should react to certain NPCs. So what's a GM slash keeper to do? Well, frankly, I stole an idea from a system I heard about on your show. The Spirit of 77. Woo-hoo! Hey, and I think Dave77 is in there right now. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. And he wants to hear this. Go away, Baton. Fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) More cricket sounds go right there. I know. I I, I, I lost my game. He'll, He'll get it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the recipe I use for my Call of Cthulhu game includes influences from the Lovecraft mythos, mm-hmm. uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or Massacre, the campy feeling of Scooby-Doo, and a few modern urban legends. My most current story places the investigators in an urban exploration scenario wherein the, their goal is to check out an abandoned mansion, complete with a creepy amusement park. Take some photos and help a classmate with his slash her journalism project concerning the reputed haunting of the estate. As it goes, it is after all the 70s, sex, drugs, and rock and roll ensue, and the party splits. Murder and nasty things happen. My NPC character is horribly killed. PCs lose their glasses. Uh, They are isolated, then rescued. Was that a cultist? Why does everything reek of dead fish? Basically, Cthulhu happens. 
Dun, dun, dun. Improvisational play is encouraged, and no is only spoken slash screamed by PCs during eviscerations. <laughs> all of this, all of the tech available to PCs, music, clothes, political climate, all of it is limited to 75 to 77. I have to say that out of all of the games that I run, the 70s Cthulhu games are the ones that my players enjoy the most. Maybe it's the essence of the era, the rebellion, the music. I'm not sure why it works, but it does. What are some ideas, influences that you have employed to modernize or spice up your games? Take a drink, and thanks for doing what you do. Woohoo! Kind regards from Marco. Thank you. <clears throat> Has anyone modernized anything in Call of Cthulhu? See, I, I love running stuff in that era. Period. Yeah, I... I if anything, I've taken like game, like the Wild Talents gaming system, which is designed for modern or futuristic uh, superhero games, and like put them in Salem Witch Trials time. So I like demodernize right. them. <laughs> but there's still an adaptation, yes, going on there. Sim- yes, similarly. The, the easiest way to deal with the the issue with with the 20s based Cthulhu is to bring it into the modern day, some era of the modern day. Uh, that pretty much covers that issue, as as he did with putting it in the 70s. I tend to like to put those games in the 90s, so they're just a little bit behind us in the technology. So there's a little more effort going into... So there's not so much damn internet? Yes, there's not so... Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. So there's not so much damn internet. Um, uh, you know, in the 90s... What are you pointing what? at? There's a spider coming down. I don't see him. Okay. The itsy bitsy spider crawled down the podcast wall. Where? Oh, oh, oh! Like right there. I was oh. looking at the wall. Did you get him? Yeah. I'm not afraid of spiders, so no. I don't care. But I, I've even run them into the '80s before for that exact same reason. You want to look something up? Sure. You know, boot up your Commodore 64 and dial into Prodigy or something like that. Or maybe CompuServe. If Assuming you, had you have a, yeah, a, that account, a right. modem and a second line you can dial in on and that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, th- there does tend to get too much internet, and especially when you start working with things like Cthulhu, where excuse me, where you have uh, you have players who are like, hmm, why does it smell like fish? Let me go look that up on Google. Why would a murder scene smell like fish? You know, so, so, but that's good because um, he was killed with an halibut. That's right, with a halibut. Uh, did you get him? Yeah. Oh, you got the glass for the drink. For my drink, yeah. You still, you still think there's a piece? Of, there's, there's fragments missing. <laughs> oh, it doesn't. Well, maybe there is some in there. We'll see. I mean, maybe it's just a little bit. The other, the other thing, Marco, is um, I, I hate to disagree with you, but I have never found it a problem to bring people into Lovecraft games, even when they're not Lovecraft fans. And the way you do that is you don't advertise that it's a Lovecraft game. You don't advertise that it's a Cthulhu game. You say, hey, I'm going to run some modern horror. I'm sorry. Watching Kimmy try to put on headphones without having to set her drink down is freaking hysterical. I wish you'd been on camera for that. Jesus, that was so funny. I'm sorry. It was That's like okay. this. This is like amateur hour fucking show, man. It totally is. We're oh, on a roll. I'm sorry. That was not a radio moment. I'm sorry. No. 
right, continue. I have my beer now. We, uh, we'll continue. I don't even remember what I was saying. Oh, yeah. So uh, just don't advertise it as a Lovecraftian Cthulhu game. It's, it's easy enough to throw Lovecraftian elements into a game, especially if you... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, 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 if you uh, go with descriptions and you don't say, oh, it's a deep one. You know, you get really into the descriptions and, and the more scary elements of it. I don't want to say scary. That's bad. The more um, unnatural elements. Horrific. Yeah. Horrific. Yeah, exactly. So Disturbing. Disturbing. Yeah. I think uh, part of that is also picking a time period that people are familiar enough with to really feel like they can play it yeah. well mm-hmm. or giving them some examples, giving them some things to really bring them into that time period. Uh, like the 20s. Most of us are very aware of the 1920s kind of stereotype flappers and, right. you know, that sort of thing. Gangsters flappers in their cars. And Capone, yeah, yeah, exactly. But you, touch, you know, you say, okay, 30s. And most people aren't quite as familiar with like the 30s kind of uh, right. thing. So find ways to, to bring them into whatever time period it is. I think that that making it in the 70s is a really cool, really great idea. Yeah. If you are having fun with that, awesome. Keep doing it. Um, but find ways like have a newspaper clipping with some stuff from that time period that they can feel kind of, like they can refer back to knowledgeably, even if they don't actually know anything about that time period. Have some pictures of, you know, people in that in that uh, newspaper or things like that so that they have some uh, something to help make the world around them real. Um, and I feel that that generally really helps when you're when you're doing uh, time period games. Pretty much anything from the 70s on. Excuse me. Pretty much everything from the 70s on, people today are going to at least have some idea of that decade enough that they can put themselves into it. You get behind that now, or earlier than that, rather. The 60s may be the 50s, the 40s, the 30s, the 20s. Uh, A lot of people today probably wouldn't have a proper frame of reference for that. See, I'd be better at the 50s than I'd be at the 70s. You think so? Yeah, totally. Why? Because I've seen 50s in like movies and I stuff. I love Lucy. Yeah, I love like old TV shows, like Grease and like old car stuff. And you do have the car thing going on. Yeah, and I mean, there's like the <clears throat> the poodle skirts and the dancing and the saddle shoes and I don't I, know Grease. I've seen I, Grease. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I would know the 70s better because I grew up through that era. Seventies kind of sucked, though. It did. <laughs> it, I I remember a lot of recessions and uh, yeah, a lot of gas problems. But I remember right. that's what I remember of it sucked. Was Pulp Fiction in the, that was the seventies, right? What? No, no. The movie? No. Yeah. No, I no. would say no. the movie was set at the time when it happened. Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I might be thinking of the wrong movie then. Yeah, because he ain't got no friends in the nine one. Oh, and the eight one eight or the eight one eight rather, yeah. And the eight one eight didn't exist in the seventies. Yeah. Um, really? Nope. Two one no. three. Yeah, we were all two one three. Five two one three didn't even exist nope. until neither did three one zero. Yeah. Yep. I rem- I remember those came into existence in my lifetime. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Dave uh, is like, this is why she's never played a Spirit of seventy seven game set in nineteen seventy seven. This is why I play Masterpiece seventy seven and the other era games. Same as nine oh nine. Yeah, that wasn't around. Yeah, it was, was all. It was four. It was now it's the nine five one. Sorry, it's not the nine oh nine anymore. Well, there are parts of it that are still the nine oh nine, but then they broke it off. Like when I was, I think in like junior high, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, What's the nine five one? No, that's like 
part of Riverside and it's part of in Corona. Huh. Excuses for a minute. We're talking area codes. <laughs> yeah. This is the conversation we have in Los Angeles. The other one we have is about the freeways. Right. Yeah. Those are the two conversations. Uh, Dave said that one of the things to do with modern scenarios is to work the opposite effect. The players can get information, but too much information. Information overload that contradicts itself and is inaccurate. Because it's the internet. Yes. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must be true. It was it on the internet. So the only way to know for sure is to go into the scary house. Right. And find out. Good idea. Um, the, I don't think I've ever adapted something to another era because I really try to create that kind of thing. When I ran the pulp, mm-hmm. pulp game, I went and downloaded a bunch of music for it. And I like to kind of steep myself in certain eras or certain settings to kind of really understand them mm-hmm. to the point where it beco- it comes more natural. Because I think if the GM knows it, the GM can always have a meta conversation with the players and say, hey, you know what? Uh, your character probably wouldn't do that right now. If you want to, you can, but it would be really unusual for this reason or whatever. Mm-hmm. And also you can always, you can, you can always uh, throw in um, like... If there's a, a movie or a television series or something that depicts that era really well, like if you were going to do something from the late 40s, early 50s, it's like, like it's I Love Lucy, something like that, just to kind of, so people can kind of understand what the what the era was like. Just spend the first five minutes of every session playing a few clips from those TV shows just to get everyone kind of in the mood. Now Lucy. <laughs> hey, Lucy, I'm home. <clears throat> Yeah, Dave said, luckily there are no 70s dance movies. Wait. Oh, oh wait. Except for, yeah. <laughs> Except for all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and probably, the, probably the most iconic dance movie ever, Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. I, I mean, that, yeah. I don't, is that more iconic than like Footloose? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And there really wasn't one any before then, right? That were like dance movies. Sure. Before then? Before Saturday Night Fever. No, not like made before them. No. Like there were ones that take place. Was there a movie about the twist? Earlier. Come on. Oh, wait a minute. What about all the um, um, Annette Funicello beach dancing movies? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And yeah. like Fred Astaire. And oh, yeah. Ginger Fred Astaire, Rogers. Ginger Rogers. How can we forget about those? Yes. They sort of. Beach blanket bingo. Beach blanket bingo. bingo. Yeah. 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 And days angels just like up in heaven. <laughs> so thank you very much, Marco, for yeah. the for the email. Fortunately, I've never done that. I've never. I, I, if I'm going to look at a scenario from a particular era, it's because I want to explore that era too. Yeah, usually. Possibly. Although it would be kind of interesting to take something with the scope of. I don't know if it would work. If you take something with the scope of like Mass and with that big, which is huge, yeah. Globe-spanning adventure, because mm-hmm. a lot of it, it's like, okay, you're on a steamboat on your way to Africa. Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you want to do during the six weeks the journey takes? Yeah. Right, yeah. When I first started playing Call, I, I wasn't too long out of high school, and we started playing in the, the 20s to 30s area, because that's, um, that's when it was, like Marco says, that's when it was set. Right. And Cthulhu Modern was a completely separate accessory you had to buy. Right. It wasn't part of the core rules. And I remember we just wound up playing 
as if it were modern day, but without all the cool modern day stuff. Right. Like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go. I'll I'll go drive over there. It's only taking like five minutes. Uh, no, I think you're in like a Model T, so it's gonna take you like an hour. Yeah, whatever. Right. It just became a a today game in a funny costume. It a today game that's just a little inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right, new character Idis from Stephen S. W. Who would like to read this? I'll read that one. Hello, little old ladies from Pasadena. That is, in fact, the right place. Some of us are old. Some of us are ladies. I'm just going to leave that right there. Okay. What? It, it, I'm reading what Dave, Dave is talking about, uh, the fact that he doesn't think you've ever seen Saturday Night Fever. That's okay. I've never seen Saturday Night Fever. Have you, okay. Kimmy, have you never seen Saturday Night Fever? I've never seen Saturday Night Fever. I wasn't lying, Dave, when I told you I didn't know anything about the 70s. Like, I was not lying. <laughs> Bell bottoms. Oh, and and that's, like, really all I know. And, oh, platform shoes. I know a lot about platform shoes. Come on. You, you, John Travolta in his awesome white suit. Yeah, I've seen that picture. <laughs> picture. I, I, I never watched the movie. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of it when it used to be on TV yeah. years and years and years ago. But like Diana Ross. Like I'm not going to sit like, down and watch yeah, Diana, well, Diana Ross was big before disco, and oh. yeah. she became like the disco queen. Right. That's sort of <clears throat> what I know about that. But she was big before disco. Right. And then they had like light-up floors at the discos. I know that. And the spinny uh, mirror ball, that was like a thing in the 70s. That yes, they were actually called disco uh, balls. Dirty Dancing... I think Makes Dirty sense. Dancing is late 80s. Yeah. Yes. Metal Dirty Dancing. Yeah, that one. You know what? I know that one. I've seen that one a lot. <laughs> if, if you want to see a movie that, that goes really into the whole, um, like the whole uh, uh, disco thing, mm-hmm. check out 54. Oh. oh, that's a fantastic film. It's a great, yeah. great movie, and it really shows... What? The excesses of yeah. the excesses era. of that era. Wasn't that oh my the, god! The yeah. famous disco club. Yeah, yeah, yeah back in New York. Studio yeah. Fifty Four. Okay. Studio Fifty Four. Yeah. Yeah. But but that movie was, I mean, it's a really good movie. Like it's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. A lot of cocaine. A lot of. <laughs> oh my god, the cocaine. <laughs> That's that is the seventies. The cocaine. Yep. Yes. All right. Continuing. Um, it is I, Stephen S.W. from the forums. I am here to have you diagnose a rash I have developed, a rash of a, of new characters. You see, I problem make when I no problem have. <laughs> I problem make when you no problem have, you don't want to make. There is nothing wrong, per se, with my characters. At least there are no major issues. I feel like Goldilocks trying out characters till I find one that is just right. I fear that I once played in a game... A, great game with balance and now i can't give up my search for the perfect character i want to feel effective in my niche without bulldozing the opposition my worry is that my uh this rash of mine will be off-putting to the group and disruptive to the game even as i worry about that i find myself tinkering with new concepts and builds to try and reach a sort of character umami where everything is in balance and i have achieved all the potential i can from my mind it is sort of melding. Uh, uh, it is a sort of melding of my mind into the substructure of the system that I want to achieve. Like a good chef, I can only go so far conceptually. At a certain point, I have to test my uh, intuitions and skill as a creator. It is uh, a passion, much like making the best steak possible based on what cuts are available or on, on sale. sale. <laughs> I'm getting dramatic. Shh. 
Uh, <laughs> as you might guess, I'm going to have issue with giving up my character or making habit. How do I incorporate it into a game in such a way that it enhances the game rather than drag it down? Help me, Happy Jacks. You are my first try at hope. After you is fear the boot. No pressure. <laughs> That's okay because they don't answer email. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen SW from the forums. Yeah, it's going to be a long wait. All right, Stephen SW, there is no perfect character. There isn't. But there is a more perfect character. And yeah. there always will be. Yeah. Until you... I, I'm, I was trying to nah. help him out and get no. him I don't know this. if it is a problem. Well, it, it can be if you are constantly going, oh, I don't like this character. Let me try another one each session. If every session your your players are going, ah, oh, I don't like this character. Let me try another one. Oh, I don't like this character. Try, let me try another one. I think at some point... You do the best you can, and you make the best of it. Yeah, but if you get bored with a character, or if you, at some point you decide, I don't want to play this character anymore. He he didn't come out the way I thought he did. He was going to. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But but if you read Stephen S.W.'s email, he's talking about Clearly, like, he's on the end of that yeah, spectrum, right? Like, like he's like, oh, I rolled a one. Forget it. I'm going to try a different character build. Oh, I didn't get a I don't know if that's what he's doing. Uh, right. Okay, that might be the far opposite side, but. I, I doesn't it doesn't sound like that big of a problem. If the GM's okay with it and the players are okay with it, it can be set up in such a way that like they meet a, a new NPC every couple of sessions. I mean, you're gonna have to figure out. I don't know what you're playing, but as far as XP and stuff like that, you're gonna have to decide. Does that XP transfer to the next character you're gonna make? How do you? How are you gonna handle that? Mm-hmm. But but at what point does that negatively affect the narrative for your other players? I'm saying it may not. Move the mic just a little bit because you're popping into it with the forward or backward to, to the side. Or? See how I, see how I, I, I am like that. Is that better? That's better. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Say say plosive, plosive. Mm. <laughs> not away from you, to the side, <laughs> to off the axis. Side. How's that? No, it needs a point at your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> now try it. I didn't move it, and then it needs to be a little closer to you. But don't, but don't, now, now say Peter Piper picked a peck of pe- peppers. Peter Piper picked a perfect. Pe- okay. Perfect. All right. It's perfect. Peter Piper picked a peck of perfect pickered pepper things. Huh? Um, but I don't know if it's, I mean, if, if everyone else is okay with it, the only problem I can see you're going to run into is you're going to start stretching the believability of. Oh, here's a new guy who's come along that we've mm-hmm. never met before mm-hmm. that we're going to suddenly trust now. At some point, that that's going to become comical. Yeah, totally. But mm, I don't know. And I mean, as far as it, it depends on how far it goes as well. Because I mean, whenever we play a game, especially if we're playing something that we've never played before, I always let people go back and redo their characters. Mm-hmm. At least a few sessions in. Oh, sure. Because you don't know. You oh, don't sure. know what's going to be important, what's not going to be important. If you've only, if you've never, a lot of times we've never played the game before. You're making a character, and you realize, oh, I kind of, I want this skill tree, and I, because I, but I picked this one over here, and I didn't read something right, so I have to. It's get, people get leeway, and, and I, I don't. I think that's okay with any campaign. If you want to start with a character and then tweak them later on, whatever. sure, totally. The other possibility is maybe kind of 
cleanse yourself of the character building thing a little bit by playing something that has random character generation. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I mean, that's obviously probably not going to be something you're going to do for a long time. But maybe pick up a Mongoose Traveler or something or and make, or r- hardcore core roll up a D&D character. Yeah, early something. D&D. Yeah. Yep. And just try it to sort of cleanse your palate a little bit from the character the character building stuff and just right. stretch your stretch your skills as a player to say okay this is the character i was given i don't have a stat above seven mm-hmm. what am i going well, to do a stat above seven i just toss the character straight out no I'm, well I'm no, about no tra- stat above I'm seven. About traveler oh okay i don't know traveler seven it's 2d6 mm-hmm. oh okay, seven would be okay. Average. but you know and, and you sit down and t- maybe not for a long time but t- I, I've found that these characters that I've rolled, especially in the, the, the one-shot Traveler sessions I've played, you roll up a character and it's like, oh God, who is this guy? Because mm-hmm. you're just going to have a little bit of a structure. So you kind of have to piece it together yourself. And it takes an hour or two, and then you kind of figure out who this guy mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. and what why his skill set is what it is and stuff like that. But, I mean, that that might, going through an exercise like that might help seeing the value in playing what you got rather than trying to chase the tail of the tiger. I think there's a lot to be said. I think there's a lot to be said for making the character and if it's not optimal in one way or it's not exactly what you you wanted, just go with it and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hate I hate to always quote Mode of Sin, but it's the only game I've played with everyone and and that the listeners have probably listened to with me in it. But what was one of the first things we said when we sat down for the first session? We introduced uh, Riley and we introduced um, Kimmy's character and we introduced Stork's character and then we introduced Scully. And I believe you said, so it's painfully apparent one of us wasn't in the room when we did character creation. Right. (laughs) You and Stork. And I thought well, Stark made his character right. There. He did it so fast, but then <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah Samantha and I were like, "Huh? I haven't picked even a name yet. I don't have any concept." And he's like, "Done." <laughs> but but even I saw that. I was like, "Wow, this is um, my dude is really kind of different from all the others." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought, he's wow. a midget stand-up comedian. <laughs> how, is, how is this going to work? And I, I actually contemplated after that first session, being mm-hmm. like, you know, eh, maybe I should, you know toss him into the underworld and mm-hmm. roll up with someone else. But I didn't, and mm-hmm. I stuck through it, and I pushed through with Scully, and I think it has ultimately worked out for the better. I mean, yeah. Oh, I think so. Really and and, and he's got a certain... A je ne sais quoi? Well, there, there's a certain <laughs> potential <laughs> tragicness to him, oh, his yeah. character mm-hmm. that yeah. may come up at some point. Yeah. I'm sure it will. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure... <laughs> Scully's not destined for greatness. <laughs> yeah. One other thing I'd suggest if you really kind of want to come up with an offbeat character, something that you're worried may not fit in super well, is uh, let everyone else do their characters first. Let them pick what they want to do. And then you see, okay, like, what what can I do? So if you think is, this is especially, this really especially works if you are looking for like an odd personality type for your character. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not so set on, I have to be the perfect, you know, fighter paladin and blah, blah, blah. Like if, if you have like a class thing that you want to do and you want to be the perfect thing, then this isn't probably the best idea for that. But if you can fill in other roles, but then be that way out there character, Scully is a good example. Um, 
you know, we had kind of like people pick other things and that happened accidentally. But, you know, let people pick their things so that if you are trying something out and you get tired of it a week later, it's not like someone really wanted to be, you know, the the wizard or whatever else, whatever party you're in. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this thing. And then so they pick something else and then you drop it because that would that pisses people off. If like you pick your character, they don't pick that role because they want to be somebody something, you know, they want to make it a good balanced party. But then you drop it. That always annoys people. One last thing I would say on this topic, Stephen S.W., I understand the 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 need, the want, the desire to just roll up characters ad infinitum until you have what you think is the perfect build. I would say do that on your off time. Just roll up an amazing metric F ton of characters. And then if you find one out of that batch that you think is that that perfect character, then take that back to the group and say, I want to switch to this guy. But you may not know until you've field tested them. Right. Well, although I, I don't yeah. know what that means because, I mean, numbers are numbers. And you, yeah. If the numbers are high enough or right, they're going to be right. Yeah. You can't, you, you can't determine a character's effectiveness by shitty die rolls. Yeah, exactly. That's... <laughs> Yeah. So like this guy, I rolled terrible dice with this character. I'm going to change characters. Yeah, that's that needs to be put right out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I guess it really depends on what your idea of rolling up the perfect character is. Is it the stats, min maxing wise? Is it like personality and everybody? That's kind of a personal question. That's different for anybody. Right. But so I think I think you have to kind of go at it from different ways. If depending on which one of those is your case. Yep. What is set in the early 60s? There, Dave is well actualing me about something. What is set in the early 60s? So about Greece? I, I thought Greece was set in the 50s. Greece lying. Well, I, I guess. I don't know. There's poodle skirts. It came out in the... I mean, the, the musical came out in the s- late 70s. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah I, I think. I don't know. It's definitely... There, there's a delay. There's like a minute delay. So. Yeah. But I don't know what it was I was talking about. Oh, Dirty Dancing is set in the 60s? Is no. Dirty Dancing set in the 60s? Is I've it? never seen it. No, I don't think so. It might be. I don't Let know. Let me look. Dirty Dancing. I don't know. I, I don't think I've seen it. It came out in oh, 1987. You know it I know it was made in the 80s. But it might be. Because it might be about... Oh, the No, wait. Is that... What's the one I'm thinking of? Where they, they're like, oh, no, we don't allow dancing in these parts. No, that's Footloose. Footloose. That okay. one's definitely the 80s because they do, like, the 80s line dance things. <laughs> what? No. Uh, no, you're right. They do. <laughs> I know about that one. <laughs> that one I know. It does not say a time period on the page for uh, Dirty Dancing. It might be. Look it up on Wikipedia. I think, I think Dave's right. I think it is. The Lombada. The Forbidden Dance. That's right. (laughs) With lots of flatted fifths. The Devil's Note. Thank you, Stephen S.W. Ethan from North Carolina on derailing players. I think that's me. Go. Hello, Jackers. Longtime listener. First time writer. 1963. Oh, it is. Yeah. In the summer of 1963, 15-year-old. She's 15. Kevin Bacon. that's, That's Footloose again. No. No. She's supposed to be 15 in that movie? That's disgusting. Yeah, she was. I thought she was supposed to be young. I didn't think it was 15. We're talking about, what are we talking about now? Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. I never saw it. <laughs> yes, Jennifer Grey is supposed to be like 15 years old in that movie. That's why. Jennifer Grey. She's that, in something else. 
was she was first the first Bueller's, Bueller's Day, Day Off. Okay, yeah. all right. And she probably was 15 then. She was like supposed to be like 17. No, that's why... That, Did they have that sex was, in that movie? That was the premise of the movie, why it was so... Why everyone in that community was so... Um, uh, Scandalized? I thought they mean. just didn't like dancing. Uh, Gassy? I'm, I'm coming... I, I'm having trouble coming with words. They were so... Perspicacious? Upset oh. about it because mm-hmm. they were doing all of these, first of all, all these uh, really out there dances and, and it was with a 15-year-old girl. I thought, doesn't he have sex with her at some point? I don't know. I don't know. I, I never saw the movie. Oh okay. I saw the first, like, some of it and then went, oh, this is so not for me. All right, continue. Is that the one with... Patrick Swayze? Yep. Yes. Okay. And Jennifer Grey, who was also in Ferris Bueller's, <laughs> Ferris Day, Bueller's Day Off. Which right. Patrick Swayze is not in. He, that's right, he is not in. That's what I know about Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Tiger's Blood is in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Is he? Yeah. He's got like a 30-second cameo. Oh, the that's right. He's the, he's the kid <laughs> he's in, the the, hoodlum. In, the, in, the, in the police station. Yep, yep, yep. Getting processed. You're getting processed. Getting booked. Right. You're done being getting booked. Go ahead. Okay, so, players. Uh, long, long time listener, first time writer. <laughs> I, it's so hard for me to continue after that. I recently ran a homebrew one-shot RPG in the Savage World system for a group of new players to my table. Mm. Some of them were completely new to the hobby, and a couple of them had played D&D before. <clears throat> Excuse me. I thought I would show them the wonderful world of role-playing that exists beyond D&D. On paper, the session went swimmingly. All the players went through, picked up on all the plot hooks, made it to the end, and beat the big bad. They said they all had a good time, but there was a problem. I was bored. Oh. Dun-dun-dun. That's never good. My usual players are good at driving the story where they want to go and keeping me on my toes. They take the bits and pieces of the story that I write and find the more interesting way to get to the end. So when I presented this new group with objectives and they did what I expected, I found myself growing bored. And this is fraudulent. Players never do what you expect. More crickets, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I always write the... There they are. I... Oh, we forgot to do our tip. Go ahead. Oh, after yeah. this, we'll do our tip. Oh, I'm I'm sitting in Stork's chair, so of course the, uh, the baby noise has to happen. Yes. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I was, now I've really derailed you. I know, totally. I found myself going to uh, I always write the framework of a story to move things along in case the players aren't doing anything on their own, but if I wanted my story played out exactly how I wrote it, I would have just written a book, not an RPG. Right. So my question is this. How do you get players to drive the story <laughs> instead of just playing along nicely and boringly? Thanks for entertaining me during my commute. Ethan from North Carolina. P.S. Drink. Woohoo. Uh, I, I have two answers to this. One is you can't. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, because some, some players make story, some players follow story. However... You can always do less prep. Yes. And just make their assumptions correct more often. Yes. So the first time that they make a wrong assumption about what's going on, make that correct. Yeah. Take mm-hmm. it completely off of the rails, off of your rails, mm-hmm. so that the story, so that you have nothing prepped. Right. Yeah. 
that would stop you from becoming bored. Yes. Jennifer Grey is also married to Clark Gregg, a.k.a. Agent Coulson. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she is. Her name is Baby? That was her name in the... Mm-hmm. Oh. I, I, I... That's in all caps, so I'm assuming that's for you. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know if that was an actual name or just the nickname that she was known by. Yeah, she by got called the... that. I don't know if that's her... Yeah. Real... I think that's her nickname from her dad or something. Is it sort of like Cry Baby? Johnny I... Depp? Maybe. Did you see that movie? No. You see that movie? Okay. It's fantastic. Is you it? would love it. Okay. It's a musical. It's what? Uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that does all the crazy, weird, crazy ass films. <sighs> You're talking about Tim Burton? Tim Burton? No, oh. no, like way out there. Oh. He did like hairspray and Woody Allen. No. <laughs> hairspray is. What's way his out name? There? I want to say John Waters, but I don't think it's John Waters. <sighs> I'll look it up. All right. Keep talking. We'll keep talking. Yeah, I uh, kind of seconding uh, Stu's points. I like it best. Like I have, like we've talked about modular game design before. Mm-hmm. Um, it works really well for convention games, but it also works well for like in longer form games if you do it like each session is one of these modules. And just don't necessarily plan the, the whole thing. Uh, make a bunch of characters... And then wherever they go, that's where these characters will be. Mm-hmm. And whoever they need to meet, that's who these characters will be. So if you make a, you know, if you're playing in like our Star Wars game, for example, tends to wander wherever the hell we want it to. Right. Um, so it's like, okay, there's a human and there's a Twi'lek and they can be rebel uh, <laughs> alliance people. Or if we go to another um, cantina, then suddenly they're the cantina server. And that way you have it already, whatever happens. Although I love the fact in our Star Wars game that I was finally praised for giving the party a clear direction when they finally decided to follow a clue they've had for four fucking sessions. From the beginning. (laughs) From the beginning. And we still had to fight not to go shopping. But at least I got a pat on the head. (laughs) Oh, Nar Shaddaa's going away. Yes. It's blown up. (laughs) You you wait. There's going to be a big battle there right now. So... (laughs) No, don't go shopping. I'm blowing no. up Narshada. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, that's okay. I don't Spoilers. Know. I, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't listened to I don't play in that game. So. <clears throat> I don't love to play in a Star Wars game, but I'm running one right now. I can, st- <laughs> I can start another one. You should. You should. Not now. When this one winds up, because it's such a fun system. Yeah. It is really so fun. fun I just want to play Star Wars. Right. Uh, you could. Play it with, you know, granite beads that we huck at each other. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I just want to play Star Wars. Uh, no. <laughs> you drew blood. That's a crit. That's a crit. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is is um, create problems, not solutions. Mm-hmm. You specifically say in here that um, when they do exactly what you expected, don't expect anything. Just create the problem and let the players figure out the solution. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great advice. I think I got that from this show. Go us. Yay, us. But that definitely keeps you on your toes. It keeps you engaged as a GM. Instead of waiting for them to get the right answer, you are analyzing and figuring out how their uh, answers or attempts at whatever they're doing 
could work. So mm-hmm. you are also using your creative process along the whole way. It's not like you're creating this world away from the group and then sort of just waiting around while they the world is revealed to them. Like you then are involved in that, what we like to call collaborative storytelling mm-hmm. and helping the whole group, including you, like tell the story together. Mm-hmm. It makes it a lot more fun. It does. Mm-hmm. It is, by the way, it is John Waters. Okay. You've, you've never seen Crybaby? With Johnny Depp? No. It's like a musical. Mm-hmm. And it's like the like the greasers versus the squares. Nice. Okay. Um, it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also uh, Pink Flamingos, which is a very disturbing film. Mm-hmm. And he's done a... Ha- Hairspray was one of his, wasn't it? You know John Waters? You no. don't know John Waters films? I've... I've I know... I've I've not seen Crybaby nor have I seen Hairspray. Really? Because he he goes out and he tries to find the most unattractive actors he can to populate his films. Johnny Depp, not standing, yeah. um, and, and also the the female lead in that movie mm-hmm. as well. But he, he the, the, that movie was kind of famous because uh, the porn actress who they found out when she was doing porn. She was under 18. Oh, that was uh, uh, Tracy Lords. Tracy Lords. She's in it. Not that I pay attention to. <laughs> she, she, I don't remember what character she plays, but she's in, she's in Crybaby as well. I think that was her first actual mm. non-porn casting. Ah. You know what Johnny Depp's first movie ever was? What? Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Oh. That was his first movie. The first one? The original yeah, one? Yeah, the original okay. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I mean, you should watch a John Waters film, just okay. to say you have. Just yeah. okay. Especially Pink Flamingos. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you Google, like, disturbing scenes in films, mm-hmm. Pink Flamingos comes up. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Because there's, um, there's a drag queen that he used to cast a lot. I don't know if that was what she would have been called then, or he would have been called then. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember the actor's name. Divine? I think he went by Divine. But anyway. Okay. Amazing. Amazing stuff. John Waters is really good at making people uncomfortable in movie theaters. <laughs> really good at really it. Really good at that. Yeah. Excellent. Um, thank you, Ethan. Yes. Thank you, Ethan. So, yeah. P- prep less. Yeah. All Bab- right. Go ahead. No, you go. Babbage from the UK on disorganized play. Hi, douchebags. According to the Urban Dictionary, a douchebag is someone who has surpassed all levels of jerk and asshole. However, not yet reached fucker or motherfucker. Not not to be confused with douche. I ain't saying nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Because really, we're not... I, I like, think... Fucker or motherfucker is, is saved for, like, being angry at someone. The, yeah. And we're are, not worth being angry at. No. Those are people who, like, don't signal when they're doing lane change. Yeah. Like, we're... we're kind of jerks we're kind of assholes but we're not to the level where you're angry at us right hopefully most of the time (laughs) babbage uk on the forums here from the uk what gave it away uh i'm just dropping you a line you told i see what he said right there yeah he just said it yeah sorry that's that's what gave it away it's right (laughs) there in black and white and audio for those listening to us right Mm -hmm. now it's in audio i'm just dropping you a line in relation to your recent podcast regarding disorganized play. I should preface this with, I agree wholeheartedly with whatever he said, but I can see a problem which I don't think was addressed. 
Most organized play... Now, I, I, I have an answer for this, but I will go ahead and read it. Yeah. Most organized play is based on seasons with adventures published to support those seasons. It is set up... In the setup discussed last week, it would be it would not be possible to play an adventure more than once, anywhere, at any time. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, one party, one session, and you're done. Imagine an adventure where you were investigating a murder of, say, the mayor. One party fingers what? Well, hey, um, <laughs> the tavern keeper and ends up in jail. And he ends up in jail. A different party can't play the adventure because it has already been solved. Let's just ignore that for that for a second now and let them play it. What if they end up killing the tavern keeper instead? Now we have a situation where the tavern keeper is both in jail and dead. That is like Schrodinger's tavern keep. <laughs> right? Um, how do how about a dungeon adventure instead then? Well, imagine your poor schmucks who turn up a second who turn up second and find all the monsters dead and the treasures looted and most of the traps set off. Oh man. <laughs> That's ah, actually hilarious. My eyes itching. Um, so you see the way you set it up only works if adventures are free form style. In essence, an adventure that will only occur once and can accommodate changes on the fly. I can't, can't see that working on any kind of grand scale a la D and D slash Pathfinder, but within one con within one con surely why not yes i mean that's <laughs> yeah. kind of the idea we were talking about because this they were specifically talking about um the game just fell out of my head shadow run oh yes so they're playing shadow run and they have a series of connected adventures and this is a um living world thing mm-hmm. why not when you're okay we're going to be at origins Let's sit down and write up, we're going to run 10 games. Let's sit down and write up 10 unique scenarios that take place in different places. Run those and that that's what happens. And the next time we go to a big con, like a Gen Con or mm-hmm. something else, figure out how many we're going to run and make that many scenarios. So yeah. that, yes, the individual things that happen have an effect on what's going on. And you don't run into the situation where the guy says, oh, no, you can't kill that NPC. He's too important. Do they actually say that? That was a, yeah, someone, they were, they were, I don't remember exactly how it was resolved, but there was an, there was an NPC that was more important than the player characters. So no, your actions are null. Uh, That sucks. That would table, I would table flip over that one. Don't don't play organized play. Yeah. Uh, but within one con, sure, why not? If you have the right DMs present and they're all clued in on what's going on, sweet. It'd be a wonder to behold and I'd be all over it. In other news, I'd just like to thank you for the constant banging out, banging on about other systems like there's anything other than D&D out there. There's lots out there besides D&D. Ooh. And some of them are good. Then there's fighting words. <laughs> In my youth, our group used to play a whole host of systems, often badly, and it was a badge of honor. We were lucky to have bad systems. <laughs> Why in my day? Uh, um, right? <clears throat> over hill, both ways, through the snow, <laughs> to play D&D. <clears throat> we didn't have D20s, and we liked it. We had a D19. Uh, over time, <laughs> though, we, we've fallen into a rut of just Pathfinder and D&D. Boo. Not so recently. We've begun 
to push back and now include Savage Worlds, Ooh. Realms of Cthulhu in our repertoire with the One Ring and Traveler about to join in. Nice. d will always be our favorite, but it's nice to have other options. Again, thanks. Oh, and whilst I'm here, now that we're leaving the EU, you can catch us as we drift past Newfoundland in a few <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> Or perhaps we'll wait a little longer until we've le- we're level with Florida. It'd be nice to have some some warmer weather for a change. <laughs> Anyways, keep up the good work, and as is tradition with those things, drink, drink, yay for drinking, yay. That's over there. So <sighs> wait, no, no, we're not. T- Babbage, oh, UK. Sorry. There is PS. There is no PS. PPPS. Where's the PPS? PPS. Oh, here it is. Oh, here <laughs> it is. That's it. Um. Yes. Like, so, I had another thought that has nothing to do with this question. Th- there's been some murmuring about trying to create a setting that we all can contribute to and run multiple games at cons. I think that would be kind of be an interesting experiment. Not this one coming up. Maybe it's something we can work on for the next one. Yeah. But with that, that prep would probably have to start happening now. Yeah. Figuring out what genre we're going to run. Because it could be run in different systems. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, Kimmy could run the things in Wild Talents. I could run things in Moment of Truth. You could run things in whatever you want to run things in. I don't know. <laughs> whatever just, system I'm hot on at the moment. Whatever <laughs> system you're hot on at the moment. But it, could, it would be kind of interesting to play where, you know, there are basically each GM is responsible for an area mm-hmm. in this setting. And that area changes from game to game. And they run all their games in that area. Mm-hmm. And then if, and, and maybe even play them, get three or four GMs together, maybe schedule so that all the games happen in the same room. That'd be fun. And then if players go from area A to area B. Oh, yeah. We're going to join over, you guys for a little while mm-hmm. here. Or you could run over and be like, hey, they want to do this over in your area. Is that cool? <gasps> Yeah, totally right. Okay. Yeah, or we could like, I mean, there's a million ways you could do it, or we could split it up so each GM is running a different area of the world. Yeah. So maybe yeah. at some point, is that what you just said? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I'm sorry, when you said it originally, I'm, I misinterpreted, like each person was running the same game. I'm sorry. No. I, okay. No, it, it, well, they would be running their scenario, mm-hmm. which takes place in their region of oh, okay. the city or the world or the country or whatever. I thought you meant that they'd be running that game just in their own system. Well, they would be in their own system. Right. They could be in their own system, although you might want to, if you're going to bump tables together, you may want to unify. Yeah. I think Jib suggested Savage Worlds, because we all know Savage oh, Worlds. Of course, it's a good one. To run it. Yeah. And it's something we all know. Yeah. yeah. I think a bun- I think most of us have run it, or at least played in it at yeah. some oh, yeah. point. I would have to reread the book. It's been a long time. Yeah, since I haven't read. run that since my very first time jamming with Bill, like, ages ago. Long ago. First time you jammed was 4th edition D&D. Yeah, it was. Right, but I mean at a con, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. My first time jamming at a con. Because you thought XP was HP. I remember that. Yes. Right. I did make that mistake. Those were tough ghosts. <laughs> they were super, super tough did, ghosts. Did I ever tell you about, about my first time jamming D&D? No. no. I thought hit dice and hit points were synonymous. Oh, boy. So, oh. yeah. So, <laughs> when I, I threw an ancient red dragon, which said hit dice... 13 plus 1 or whatever it was. I you was thought like, it had 14 it hit had 14 points? hit points. I couldn't figure out why they were just tearing through all the monsters. I God, You guys have killed nine, <laughs> nine. ancient red nine dragons. Nine ancient red dragons. That's going... this is amazing. Have you ever, uh, Kimmy, hmm? have you ever looked at the One Ring? No. You being the only other 
real Tolkien fan that I'm aware of on the show? Uh, I have not. It looks to be really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, I have it. I'm dying to do something with oh, it. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. I just, I just don't know. If I, yeah. The other thing that... Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, the other thing I still want us to do someday is our own, like, Iron GM contest where we have, <laughs> like, uh, a concept and we, like, give it to a bunch of GMs to all run kind of their own way. I don't want to say, like, a... Uh, uh, like an adventure path. I don't want to do that, but it's like, here's the idea. Well, here's yeah, the main the, character. Yeah, the way Iron GM works is they they give them like some keywords yeah. or yeah. some elements. Yeah. I think it's 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 like uh, chopped. Yeah. It's like, here's the elements you have to incorporate in your game. Go make a game. Go. Yeah. Right. And you yeah. get like 10 or 15 minutes to prep the game and then you have to run it. Yeah. I think that'd be fun with like to do that like Happy Jack's version of that. Yeah. Your secret ingredient is... Beer. I was going to say a prison break. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to right. make a game about prison break. Yeah, that'd be fun. One of my friends is uh, one of the ex- the the what do they call them? The Bobs on Chopped. What are Bobs? No, no, the guys who bring the extra stuff out. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong cooking show. That's not Chopped. Oh. Chopped. They have a basket to get everything out of. Yeah. Oh. Maybe you're thinking of Iron Chef. No, it's no, not it's that not one. Chef. It's one of the ones where they like <clears throat> they do weird tricks on them, like. You get to swap this out for a. Oh, you're. Ta- are you talking about? Um, uh, uh, what's it called? Cutthroat Kitchen. Cutthroat Kitchen. Yes, that's the one. With what's his name? Oh, yeah. Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, and you get to lose your your butcher knife and use sewing scissors, or right? Yeah, scissors. Yeah. 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 You, uh, the awful things. <laughs> oh, awful such horrible things. things. <laughs> it's such a good show, though. It's fun. It's very fun. Uh, there's the, yeah the One Ring RPG mm-hmm. core rules yeah it's it's very um, oh Cubicle Seven yeah it's very RP centric nice. and it's got some really cool mechanics um, it gives you dice because there are some alternate readings of dice uh, so you can get special dice but um, oh it looks like it's all no, they're not all D6s. Most it's of them it's are... all D6s and a D12. Okay, I see it, yeah. But the D12 has the, squiggly it, things on it. It has two faces, one of which is the Eye of Sauron, and the other is Gandalf's Rune. And if you roll one of those, special shit happens or bad shit happens, okay. depending on who you're aligned with. And also, the six-siders have specific things on their, like... Um, I think it's just if you roll sixes, it's something special. Did you buy the... The box set? I did. I've had so it you for have a those long time. Kick ass maps. I do. Oh, those are They're awesome. They're rad. That's awesome. Especially that one that looks like it right out of the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. That's fantastic. So cool. It is. I would it, frame that shit. <laughs> I've thought about it. My my first apartment, uh, you used to get box sets from TSR, like the Dark Sun box yeah. set. The, they all came with posters. Mm-hmm. Like a Dark Sun poster and a Forgotten Realms poster and Dragonlands poster. I framed those and had them hanging in my in my first apartment in my living room because I thought it was cool. You should. I know they were. It was awesome. All right. Next email. Thank you very much. Did I skip them? No. Babbage. No. Okay. Kimmy's Jackercon game from Barney. You want to read this? Yeah. Hi, Barney. Um, hey, Jack people. This is Barney down in Florida, and I just finished Kimmy's online Jackercon game. It took two sessions, but she did a great job, and I thank her. Welcome. It was fun. Thank you for playing. I'm a little disturbed at how much <laughs> DT pints and I think alike, but it was awesome. Lloyd sure tried to keep up, but I forgive his being sleepy since he started at 3 a.m. his time. That's the guy in the UK who yeah. plays <laughs> a- as many 
either plays or runs as many JackerCon games as is physically possible. Yeah, and he did. It was crazy. Like he, our first game ended at six a.m. his time, and he'd been like at Pride uh, London all day. He was like literally like trying so hard to stay awake, but it was great. He was really into it. It was really awesome. All the players were fabulous. I'm, I had such a great time doing it. I'm way too old to skip a night's sleep. Anymore. <laughs> Me too. Me too. That's like Dave wants to run a game at at the con. Yeah, it's no. gonna st- from ten to two, ten p.m. to two a.m. I'm like, yeah. I can't remember the last time I was up at two p two a.m. unless it was to pee. Right. Did you know? You know what happens to me at like eleven thirty? Eleven thirty p.m. My body says, "Fuck off, dude! I've had enough," and I right, I pass out. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I can't do it. I think it would depend if I'd gotten up to run a game or be in a game that morning. Like. That would that would be a huge factor. It doesn't matter what I've done <laughs> at that hour. My body just says eh, it's bedtime. Oh yeah, by two, by two o'clock in the morning, I'm tired and I'm fucking grumpy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a terrible idea. We don't want you to play that game. Never mind. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, three minutes. Paul surely ha- uh, has a happy Jack alias, but I don't know what it is. So is that uh, NC Paul? Maybe. Maybe I don't remember. Everyone had their real name. Where's he from? Uh, I believe he was from Florida as well, or. The East Coast, at least. I know. I think he was on the same time zone as Paul Bernie. Stone. Might be his name on the form. I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, he was awesome. They were all really great. Yeah, it's really weird to suddenly call these people that we've been like going by their like handles for so long. Suddenly, it's like you have a name, you a have real an actual name, name, and a person, and there's a family. That's amazing. Right. So he and I both spent some time <laughs> muted so that he could get used to the format, but it all worked out in the end, and we jumped into the big finale. This experience has helped me as, I, uh, as I'm at a point in my life where gaming online has begun to look like a better option, and I have to say that it's not nearly as bad as I had feared. A few pros and cons to online gaming as I look forward. Pros. One, I can invite many old friends or even fellow jackers that live far away. Two, we can play a couple hours a week from the comfort of our own homes. Three, G Plus has a nice dice app so everyone can have their roles show. So that in automatically in there? I think it's an app that you have to you like have to search for and add it, but it doesn't cost it. anything. It's free. Yeah, and you see can see if it crashes to do it right now. <laughs> yeah, it it worked really well for our game and you can um like mod it to, to for different systems. So like uh, we were playing Wild Talents as a D10 system. They were able to just pick how many D10s they rolled. And oh, then you okay. can even click on them and select like X's or circles. Like these are the ones I picked. So everyone can see really easily. It was really great. Um, and they also had another one. I don't, he might say it. So maybe I'll wait. No, he doesn't say anything about it. But they also have like an app where you can add it. It's like your character name at the bottom of the screen, like a little oh, yeah. name tag mm-hmm. and little descriptors and all that stuff. It's very cool. Cons. One GM and four players seem to take up a lot of screen time. That seems to be about the maximum group size. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The distractions of home are still in the background. Players have to spend some time holding kids or putting them to bed, showing up late due to computer issues, or drop out in the middle for five minutes because of internet problems. Yes. Both both lists have more items, but I can't think of them now because it's almost 2 a.m. and I've been drinking while playing Kimmy's game. Surprise! <laughs> My problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make. I started writing this as notes to call in and leave a voicemail. Maybe now I should just post it to the forums. Screw it. I'll just slump over now and send it as an email. All hail JackerCon and the Happy Jacks. Regards, Barney. Yay! Thank you. It was fun. I know you guys are looking forward to me talking about the game, but I, I want to run it um, at the upcoming convention. So I don't want to... Oh, wait, there's PSs. I missed them. 
So I don't, I, I'll finish my thought real quick. Um, so I don't want to talk about the game specifically because I don't want to spoil it for people who might sign up. Um, but I will definitely talk about it after. Um, P.S. How many times must I pee before I complete, before completing this email? Depends <laughs> on how long Kimmy's game was. P.S.S. <laughs> Shut up, Stork. Yeah. Any, <laughs> any joke you have to work that hard at least uh, is lost on us drunk fools. We don't believe your lies about TV being around before the 70s anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I had a really great time running a game online. Mm-hmm. It was it was uh, much easier and much more mm-hmm. like sitting at a table than I imagined. I thought it would be like this weird thing, but with... Um, with G plus, it was super easy to have yeah. mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are like some cons, like he was saying, like um, my players were really great and respectful, but there are like those tech issues. Sometimes people lost connection, things like that. Sure. Like there are those things you kind of like, you know, the and that's world not is too bad there. if you can get them back. Right. Yeah. And they come back and I mean, it's uh, a lot harder to um, pick out what people are saying if three or four people decide to speak at the same time. Right. When you're at a table, you can easily. It's a lot easier to discern what they're saying. Yes. But on on G plus, it just becomes a a muddled morass of sound, and it you can't. That's yeah. the only real downside that I'm aware of. Yeah, and that was. I mean, maybe just because I'm used to dealing with like 32 kids in a classroom, <laughs> but like literally, it'd be like, okay, wait, okay, Barney, go, and then like I just give right. them each a mm-hmm. turn. So you just mm-hmm. kind of have to conduct it a little bit more just to make sure. That everyone can hear and stuff. When, it, I, when I ran that mini campaign, um, that was your GURPS thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it it ran fine. <clears throat> um, our problem was scheduling. Yeah, uh, my schedule and also trying to get everyone else there. And there, I, I think there's there, there's sort of a maybe doing stuff during JackerCon would make that better. But there's a certain it's easy. It seems to be easier to to cancel. On a virtual game than it, it is. On a, on it's a... so much easier, right? Mm-hmm. I, and I've put some thought into that, and I think that's because if you cancel a game or if you cancel out as a player, the effect you have on other people when you're playing a Google Plus game is far less, right? Than it, when you're sitting at a table with everyone, right? For instance. If we're all driving to your house one Sunday to play Moat, and you go, oh, fuck it, dudes, I can't, we're all like, what the hell, dude? I'm in my car. I'm halfway there. Right. But if we're just playing it online, you go, oh, I can't play. It's like we go, oh, okay, well, let me just turn, I'll just turn the TV on and right. you know, watch right. Cutthroat Kitchen or whatever. <laughs> so I, I think that there's that just inherent, uh, it's not as big of a deal. Or the or the the feeling that it's not as big yeah the, the, right. right 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 i'm I'm only talking about the feeling not the, the reality actual, of the situation. Yeah. so um yeah if you got some guy in the uk who's up at four o'clock in the morning that's yeah <laughs> i was just like waiting any minute what do you mean i'm not inconvenienced <laughs> yeah. I, I, I i again i i'm talking about like <laughs> right yeah lloyd, that was, <laughs> yeah, yeah i was just waiting for any minute for lloyd to just like put his head down there were a couple times where he disappeared from the screen like he bent over to pick something up and we're just like is he coming back is he did, did he fall is, asleep lloyd is he sleeping lloyd. on the ground yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right he was a trooper it was very fun um just be aware though I, I know we've talked about running online games before one thing that i didn't plan for and this is one of the reasons it had to be broken a bit in, into two sessions i had some uh character customization that the players did at the beginning and i know i sort of talked about this last time i was on the show a little harder to do virtually took t- 
a lot longer. Yeah. In person, it would have taken maybe 10 minutes max. It took us a really long time to do it because at a at a con or in person, I can just hand out an extra set of character sheets for everybody. They right. fill out their changes and hand it back to me. But we had to, like, I had to, like, they all had to fill out their character sheets and send me either pictures or describe to me what their character changes right. were. Yeah, right. I had to fill that out on my sheets on my end or print out what they sent me. So it took a lot longer just that, that kind of housekeeping piece. Right. I can see that. Yeah. Um, also, the rolling took a lot longer. And there's a lot of rolling in Wild Towns until that app kind of like one person was using that app, which made it really fast. And then everyone else started downloading it and they used it. Okay. Or I don't know if you download, I don't think you download. I think you well, activate you G- install Google them yeah. somehow. Yeah. Um, but that but made it much faster too. The couple times that I've run online games, I just tell people and, and the one online game, pl- take two, the one online game I played in, uh, the GM was cool about this as, as well. Just roll your dice at your table Tell us what the results are. Right. Yeah. You have to have a lot of trust in your players. Is it called Dice Stream? I believe so. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, that's the first thing that came up. Yeah. You, you have to have a lot of trust in your players, and they have to have a lot of trust in you, but if you're going to be playing with each other, that should be yeah. assumed anyway. But Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't do that for Wild Talents, because what you roll can affect whether my roll works. Oh, okay. So, uh, but that, but yeah, you're absolutely, if I had been rolling like a, a D20 system where it's like success yeah, or failure. Yeah, right, right totally would have been cool with that um but it's like if you roll two tens and i roll three threes then that means i'm faster than you but you did a better job so in combat then different things like you i was faster than you so my hitting first might throw off your shot i could i could see we're trying to talk that through (laughs) would be painful yeah and it, it ended up going by the end and uh, of the first session, definitely by session two, we'd hit a stride with oh. it, and it was going great. Um, and that was in large part to that cool app that they had. I can't figure out how to put it on. Oh well, I don't know. Are you in a? Uh, I are you in a hangout? I, well, yeah, I'm streaming the show in a hangout. Oh, okay. There's a the little things that says to add apps, but it doesn't list everything. It only lists some. It says here are the featured ones. Mm. Anyway. We'll and maybe out. because I'm, maybe that's only stuff that's available right away since I'm actually actively streaming. Maybe. Yeah, you might have to install it. Now people installed it like during our game. Yeah, you should be able to throw it that on. That wasn't on air though, was it? Oh, no. Was it? Might have been I don't know. Gaming with learning disabilities from Zach in SD. San Diego, San Diego? Mm-hmm. South Dakota. Uh, well, he oh. says San Diego in this first sentence. That's maybe right. there's a San Diego, South Dakota. Right. I think in the thing Seriously I said he was definitely. from South Dakota. Oh, was. Well, it says right here. Yeah, I did. Zach is not from South Dakota. So if you would listen to the beginning of the show when I say Zach from South Dakota <laughs> writes in about gaming with learning disabilities, replace South Dakota with San Diego. Yeah. Which is about to be overrun by Comic-Con next week, and I'm not going, and I'm not bitter. Let's keep Are you not going? You couldn't get tickets? or No, we have tickets. We just wanted to save money this year. Right. Mm. But I get to sleep next week instead of sewing all week, I guess. It's good news, right? Yeah. And I, I imagine the amount of annoying people at Comic-Con is yeah. epic. It seems to me like it's no longer worth it to go just because of all of the people. I mean, that... I, it's it's got to be in the 140, 160,000 range now, right? Yeah. It's, it's got to be crazy. It's crazy huge. Yeah, you I guys did, are I, totally right. It's totally not worth going. So many annoying, nerd-raging comic book it nerds. It just seems like it would be such not fun. I can't so get far fun. enough away from San Diego. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I, no I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Oh. See, I'm like, okay, if I take the train down one day and I find friends that I can crash with on one night, then I can go for two days. No, it's fine. It's all right. It's 
fine. Keep going. Keep going. Hello, Jack and Apes. Zach from San Diego here, writing in beautiful, balmy, exactly 74-degree bliss. Mm. That's right. That's Mm -hmm. what San Diego is best known for. If you want to move to California, move to San Diego, not here. It's like perpetually (laughs) 74 degrees. I recently was picked (coughs) up by a group down at my friendly local gaming store for an ongoing campaign of Death Watch. I've never heard of that. Death Watch? Mm-hmm. I was picked up with another guy who regulars the shop, and our first pickup session went off without a hitch. <laughs> Just random farting noises at all times. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hitch. So we went north? <laughs> <laughs> Just like random at any time. Oh, Sorry, goodness gracious. After the first session, the new player and I took an extra hour to plan out our long-term characters. Unfortunately... <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was at this point that we learned our newfound friend suffers from a case of ADHD that manifests itself as a reading disability. In a hobby like ours, with the required high-level reading material being on par with Talmudic scholars... <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. This creates a bit of a problem. We left our friend with a couple of videos that scratched the surface of the lore and the rules, but I'm worried about how much that will help in the game itself. Death Watch itself is based on Warhammer 40k, a setting so ridiculously esoteric that college credit should be given for understanding it. I'm certain our GM is not an asshole about the setting and is willing to work with him, but I'm concerned that the player will feel left out of deeper RP scenes by his lack of knowledge about the setting. My question is this. How exactly do you teach the massive amount of rules and setting information that comes from an RPG to someone who has difficulty with reading? In the same vein, though not yet relevant to my current situation, how would you accommodate a player with other learning disabilities? One of the biggest reasons that I love RPGs is that there's nothing inherently exclusionary about them. Sure, we have the bad apple groups that make us all throw up a little in our mouths when we read the horror stories, but for every one of those, I hear ten stories of inclusion, love, and jolly cooperation. I'm certain that whatever happens, our new friend is going to have a long and fun RPG career after this. Sincerely, Zach from San Diego. SD. (laughs) (laughs) Which also could mean South Dakota. (laughs) P.S. Drink for equality. And PPS, drink to wash the squishy feelings away and get your balls back on. Uh, I kind of wish that you had been here for... Um, no, it's okay. That, no, for that email, Kimmy, because... Uh, I read it. Oh, did you? Yeah, I can read while I go to the bathroom. I can multitask. That's the only time I do read. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also read it earlier before the show, too. Oh, okay. Because he has a good question, and I don't know that I'm qualified it to speak on It could also stand all. for Secure Digital. It's probably not a place he lives. Sekola Dasar, Indonesia, junior okay, school. Yeah. Could be there. Uh, he, yeah, I don't know. Super Deformed. That, that's not Which <laughs> is an art style, apparently. It's not where he lives. Sudan Airways. Or, 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 it could stand for San Diego. Or Sweden Democrats. Or Swiss Democrats. It's again, not a place to live. Or Sudan. That's the ISO code for Sudan, oh. SD. Okay. 
Anyway, sorry. Right. That's okay. That's super interesting. <laughs> Not um, really. But 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 my my reason for tossing this your way is it seems like it's almost a bigger question that doesn't just apply to RPGs. I mean, you could very easily replace RPGs with history or math or, you know, social studies or whatever. So so my I thought, master's degree in education might actually come I thought, here. yeah, you, you're, you're... This you're is like, why you got your master's this, degree in right education. This question, this, this moment, moment, right, right now. This episode of this podcast, <laughs> you didn't know it when you were doing it, but right. it all ties up to this. Um, well, and also, uh, I actually have ADHD myself. So um, I don't have so much the the hyperactive point uh, part at this point in my life, but I did when I was younger. Um, and it's still something I do have to kind of give myself accommodations for. Um, I'm very good at reading. I am not great at retaining information, especially like statistical information. And anyone who's gone through character creation with me on a system for the first time probably has kind of noticed that it's like, I'll read through it. Even if I read through it ahead of time, um, like when we're in the, the midst of it, like I'll suddenly be like, Oh, wait, how does this work again? Can you explain it one more time? So I do have to ask clarifying questions and get, just be a little bit more patient with myself that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, one of the things that I would, especially for super um, rules-heavy stuff, is have sh- like cheat sheets or reference books. Um, anyone who's played in any of any game I've ever run notices that I have a crazy system of little colored tabs on my books. Oh, yeah. So my Wild Talents book, I have three different colors and those little flags that you mark pages with. Like and the little I, sticky ones that yeah. come off with the arrow pointing on it? Exactly. They're yeah. tiny so, little post-it, thin post-it notes. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, the green ones are all character creation, the yellow <clears> ones are all combat, the pink ones are generally... Um, I don't know, something else. Um, so that way I know immediately when I am running something and I don't necessarily remember exactly how the rules work in one part, it's probably one of those tabs. Oh, so you can just flip to it real quick. Right, exactly. So I can flip now, to it real fast. Is that in the rule book or is that in like a notebook where you've scribbled notes? I do both. Okay. So one, I generally have a notebook with me where I've scribbled... Um, like the basic stuff for combat. So the stuff I know I'm going to absolutely have to use is in my little notebook that's generally right there next to me. Nobody even notices most of the time when I look at it. Um, and then stuff like grappling rules, things I might run into, but I don't know. Those are what's marked in the rule book with those little flags. Um, I also, I haven't done them for myself, but things that would also work. Um, just have, uh, I know we've done this for new, new players on, uh, for our different games a couple times. Um, Chris got, had a really cool one when we were first playing, um, fifth edition for her character It's just like a little cheat sheet of like how combat works mm-hmm, and her mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. options. Um, so going through with this person and just giving a, a basic, you know, uh, like bulleted list, of the rules is super helpful. Um, even if they need multiple ones based for different things, that's a really good, just like a reference chart, basically. Those are really, really helpful. Um, when you're talking about memorizing a world, the best way for learners like that to learn those worlds is to be in them. So, like, if I had read a whole bunch about, um, like, the vampire world before we played, I probably would have remembered some of it. If it's associated with a specific character... Like reading the vampire novels would probably be better and more effective Mm -hmm, for me mm -hmm. than just reading like a flat description of the clans. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I tend to remember narrative and descriptive things where I'm emotionally invested more. Right. Um, But honestly, I've I will never forget any of the stuff about vampire that we've actually played. 
Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So right. that's one thing too, is just as this person's playing, they will probably pick up a, up a lot of it because especially people with um, like learning differences tend to do better when they're using like kinesthetic ability, like hands-on ability um, and oral and visual and tying in all these different learning styles rather than just flat reading and memorization. I would mm-hmm. imagine uh, you could make an accommodation by having the player play sort of an outsider in that setting. Yeah. That would accommodate the fact that they don't know what's going on yet, but as they learn it, they've got it. Exactly. That would be a great, great thing to do. Um, so that way they, they don't have to have to know everything. They don't have to be an expert in everything, but they can learn it. And then eventually they do become that expert, which will, you know, mirror their real life experience with the system. Um, and just letting them ask questions like, and, and I, I mean, I've never played death watch. Um, I, can't imagine that people, you know, just be a good person about it. If they don't know how something's going, you know, don't be like, um, excuse me, I'm sorry, <laughs> but we, uh, have this to is fix a this. unmarked rel part of these. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, just, you know, let them ask questions. Say, hey, um, you know, if you're at the table, this is the person next to you. If you have questions, you can lean over and ask them. Um, if you're running the game, um, you know, just say, hey, if you have a question, you can, if you're using Slack, Slack me and I'll answer that question for you. Pass right. me a note. Um, I do that all the time. If you listen to our actual plays, I am like the queen of, um, I have a question, right. raising my hand and asking clarifying questions as we play out. Our little talky head symbol mm-hmm. for talking out of character. We also use Slack amazingly. Yeah. Like I think probably, at least in Moat, probably a good... 25 to 40% of our RP happens over Slack. Yeah. Does RP happen between pl- player characters? Oh, yeah. it does? Sometimes. Yeah. I, I would have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the point. That's why we do it there. Right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, um, it's really loose RP. Yeah. Okay. It, it's like, like if I, Kimmy and I have done stuff like that in, in Moat, and it'll be like, it'll be just like, hey, what do you think about doing this? And it's me, you know, typing that in a very conversational tone with Kimmy, but right. I think we both interpret that as Scully talking right. to asking <clears throat> his new prince in with all of the spoilers. formalities and all that yeah. stuff. Um oh, I don't think that's spoilers yet still, is it? I don't I don't I can't keep track. Three three different games um, trying to remember what I've posted and what I have. No idea. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> um <clears throat> uh, I had another idea. Oh uh, another thing would be to just pick out the most important parts for them to learn before the game. Mm-hmm, like instead mm-hmm, of handing mm-hmm. them the rule book and be like, you need to learn this in all the settings, you know, think about it. Is this particular part of the setting, the thing they really need to know before this game, you know, mark those pages and be like, Hey, I really want you to, to really study this. If it's easier to help them out through combat and just kind of, you know, walk them through combat, don't make them study the combat system before right. they go, you know, make sure they know that other stuff. So really narrowing down what they really need to know um, before they come in so that they can be successful. There you go. Yeah, so there you go. Um, uh, other stuff you can do also, uh, which wouldn't necessarily apply to someone with ADHD necessarily, <coughs> but um, a lot of the PDFs now, you can read them on tablets and things, and you can zoom in or yeah. use larger print if there's mm-hmm. an actual like a visual or processing issue there with reading, which sometimes there can be. So um, that's also another issue t- or another workaround as well. There you go. Yay. Thank you, Zach from SD, That's whatever SD question. might stand for. Thank you, Zach from He says San it's from San Diego. Diego. Speaking of reading comprehension. <laughs> I didn't pre-read the email. I, I only know, read I the like, intro thing. But now we know. Now we, and what I normally do when I, get, when I get emails is I, I retype 
what their subject line was, if they had a subject line. Then I scroll to the bottom to read who it's from. Mm-hmm. And then I put who it's from. That's how I do it. Woot. Uh, Excuse me. Woot. I'm going to call this. Yeah. All right. I think that was very successful. Yeah, good Once show. Once we got rolling, it was a little bumpy at the beginning. <laughs> the start was a little rough. <laughs> yeah, we were a little rough. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to play it one more time because I love it. Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? <laughs> That's just an amazing collection of words there. It, yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> play. Well, listeners of Happy Jacks RPG Thank you for joining us for Season 17, Episode 8 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Tim. And don't forget to join us again uh, at uh, Gateway, September 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th at the Hilton Hotel in Los Angeles at the airport. Uh, that's it. I don't know if we're going to have an episode next week. I'm not sure. Next week is my birthday weekend, so I might be doing something. So we'll, we'll let you know. Or, or Kimmy might be running the show. We'll see. That's it. Thank you very much. We'll leave you the song. Yay. One day.
day soon I hope to be back where I miss most Troubles old will be forgot Amongst that happy host So keep an eye open toward that aged open door I swear before my days are done I will pass through there once more And I'll set me down with a tanker full And toast to those within God save the mistress and her host God save the green man To friends of old and friends of new me foes and those between Remember why we gather there Remember our beginnings Those days seem so long ago So dim it fades to black But we're the ones who made those times And we can bring them back So keep an eye Toward that aged open door I swear before my days are done I will pass through there once more And I'll set me down with a tanker full And toast to those within God save the mistress and her host God save the green man Toward that aged oaken door I swear before my days are done I will pass through there once more And I'll set me down with a tanker full And toast to those within God save the mistress and her host God save the green man Save the mistress and her host. God save the green man. The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.